Okay, today we're speaking about greenhouse produce. And from Akasha's perspective, there are basically two different ways to grow vegetables in a greenhouse. Um, first one is if that the vegetables are basically growing in the ground like in any other field. Um, but this growing area is covered with a greenhouse. It keeps out the elements, it probably keeps out some bugs also, and helps, uh, basically is helping the farmer make an environment that's just better for growth. Um, so, in short, it's a glass box on top of the field, and for our purposes, this has no significance. It doesn't change anything of anything we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about is the second type of greenhouse, um, which we, we associate with hydroponic growth, although that's not the only way to use it. And basically, um, the nursery, which is where the plants first begin to grow, and the final grower, growing area are in a greenhouse. It has a solid floor, it has a solid roof, it has walls. Um, and actually, there's a more modern variation of that is the whole growth is indoors. It's not even outdoors at all. It's, in, it's inside of a, could be inside of a warehouse. And there's not even any sunlight in there. Even the, what the, so to speak, sunlight is artificial. <clears throat> this more modern version is called vertical farming. Um, but either types of these, e e both of these variations of the same thing is um, what we, Chazal would call an otzish in a knockoff. I mean, it's, the plant is growing in an otzish, it, in a flower pot that has no hole, meaning it doesn't draw any nutrition from the ground outside. Um, <clears throat> everything is growing just from what's there in this, so to speak, flower pot. Um, now, and we're going to be talking, that's what we're going to be focusing on, this second type. Now, just as sort of an aside is that in some of these cases, the growth media, meaning the, what, what the plant is actually sitting in, could be something inert, like water or some other kinds of unusual different um, growth media. And there are those, there are, there's, it's possible to argue that <clears throat> those even less than Atsushen and Akhav, because there isn't even any ground at all. Forget about that, it's not in the the ground, the earth, literally outside in the earth, but it might not be in earth altogether. But for, for today's discussion, we're going to ignore that possibility and just assume it has the status of an autoshen. Not that we're going to speak about what effect that has and whether that makes any difference. Okay, now one, <clears throat> one caveat is that when we talk about these things that grow in these uh, special types of greenhouses or in the vertical farming, uh, we're talking about situations where the entire growth from beginning to end happened in this in this special area. Um, <clears throat> in order to say, to, to assume any uh, special statuses like we're going to speak about, you have to know that that's actually happened. And there wasn't, like, for example, there are places where the nursery is uh, a regular growth and then it moves to a greenhouse or the other way around. So you'd have to know that this is for sure what's happened. Okay, so our first subject is <clears throat> of these within these types of greenhouses, has to do with insects. And that is, <clears throat> a different time when we spoke about Torah, we said that this basic rule, that Sheretz uh, Arat, a land-based insect, um, is not usher unless it is either born attached to the ground or moved or walked on the ground. Okay, so just, just being an insect is not enough to be usher. It has to have either been born on the ground or moved on the ground. Now, this Machlokas and Poiskim, what happens if you have an insect that was born in Atzashen Nakav? Was that considered that it was born on the ground? Meaning, on the one hand, <coughs> the plant is attached to the soil, it's in dirt, it's in a flower pot in dirt. On the other hand, that dirt is, is not part of the earth, so to speak, the outdoors, the, I don't know how we call this, the, the actually the outdoors. Um, so it didn't really grow in the earth per se. Okay? And so there's a question about, is that considered that it grew attached to the ground or not attached to the ground? 
um, for this thing. Now, <clears throat> that, that's a machlokas apoiskim. We, a different time when we spoke about Torah, we also saw that when we had, there are certain, there are different levels of infestation that a vegetable or a fruit could have. Um, some of them are so little you don't have to check at all. Some of them are so terrible, we call them time. We know for sure that there are bugs in it. Um, and that's, that's mid the rice you require to check it. But most of the things that we have tend to be in this middle category, which is there's a certain amount of infestation, but it's not very terribly common. Um, we call that a mead hamatsu. And in those cases, mid you have to check it. Now, if the whole requirement to check is a drabonim, then that gives us more basis for relying on the lenient opinion about atushen nakov. Again, if you hold that, according to those that hold that, that growing in an atushen nakov is not considered growing attached to the ground, then a, a, a bug that grew over there is not usher, um just because it's there, or even if it moves around within that vegetable itself, it's not usher because it moved around not attached to the ground. Um, <clears throat> so if uh, an item is infested only to the level of Miyadamatsu, there would be, and, and it grew in uh, this type of greenhouse, which is an Atsushen Nakov, or vertical farming, then uh, there would all of a sudden be basis for saying that maybe it makes no difference um, whether the bug is there, because even if it's there, it might not be Atsushen altogether. Now, we're talking about <coughs> um, situations like this where we're not sure whether the bug um, w- walked on the ground or not. Um, we're not sure whether it did or didn't you know, go from place to place, but there's one place where we can be very sure, 100%, where we know that it did not, and that is for a kind of an insect uh, called a leaf miner, when it grew in an uh, for a leaf miner. A leaf miner uh, is it's a kind of an insect where it, a kind of uh, insect that lays its eggs inside of a leaf, excuse me, like between the layers of a leaf or inside of something like a piece of celery. Um, and when the baby is the, 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 the baby insect is born, hatches from this egg, it stays inside this space that's between the leaf, between the layers of the leaf or in the uh, parts of a celery and it, and it moves horizontally, meaning it moves across without breaking out of the leaf or the scallion or the uh, onion or the uh, celery. It stays in within the plant and it doesn't leave. Uh, and then after a certain amount of time, it's grown to a big enough size. Um, it, it sort of eats its way through, <coughs> gets its nutrition by eating its way through the, the leaf, again, without breaking out to the outside. And eventually it pops out, makes a hole and leaves and, and goes on its merry way. So if we have a uh, leaf miner in, uh, let's say, in a scallion or in a, in a leaf, then we know that it has never left its home base, its birthplace. It's always been in that spot. So then if we're in an Atsushen Nakov, um, then, um, then we know that it has never left its place, and uh, we, we would be able to say that it grew in an Atsushen Nakov. It, we know it wasn't growing attached to the ground, according to the lenient opinion, um, and, and it never left, and therefore that would make it, that would be Motorosa. Now, sort of a separate thing is that, <coughs> excuse me, um, when a person is required to check, let's say, I don't know, pick up a head of lettuce, so there's a chiyah drop on to check it to make sure there's no insects in it. Um, the din is very clear that it doesn't help to check some of it or even most of the lettuce. You have to check it all. You have to check every bit. You cannot do sample some of it and decide that it's okay based on that. Um, there are very specific, limited situations where sampling is, is okay. Um, and one of those examples is for produce that grew in one of these greenhouses. 
And that is like this. In this case, we're not checking to see if there are bugs on the lettuce or the other vegetable that grew here. Rather, what we're doing is there are all kinds of controls set up to make sure that no bugs get into the greenhouse, all kinds of nettings and, and, and controls about the doors and the inlets and the outlets and the air and the water. All kinds of things are checked and made sure that no bugs get into this area. So the checking of the sample is a way to make sure were we successful in what we did to keep the bugs out. By checking a sample, we can figure out, did we, is this like regular lettuce out in the fields where we find X amount of bugs? Or is it not like that because we did a very good job? So that's an example of where sampling is okay. But otherwise, <coughs> excuse me, sampling is not enough to know that a vegetable or something else doesn't have bugs inside of it. Okay, now let's move to something away from uh, bug questions and to the bracha. And that is, there's a big... Uh, considerable discussion in Poiskim about what the bracha should be on vegetables or fruits that grew in in a, <laughs> hydroponically. And one of the major parts of that discussion is, is that maybe the bracha should be shahakal instead of hadama because they grew in an atzachein in akal, and therefore uh, that you can't say a bracha bari priho adama. This is the produce of the land when this is not didn't grow in the land. It grew in an atzachein nakel, which is as we've seen, is not necessarily considered part of the ground. Now, Rosh Zalman Arbach and others said that Chazal said the bracha for tomatoes and cucumber, <coughs> these kind of things is hadama. They <coughs> they didn't weren't trying to be so specific that every single sample has to have grown in the adama. That's the bracha for this food. And even if this particular one happens to have not grown in the ground, it doesn't make a difference. It's still the bracha of, of, of a cucumber is hadam. In, in contrast to that, the Chayodim says that this question about what bracha to make on produce of an Atshe Nakov is a question in the Yushalmi. Uh, and therefore, uh, because of this question of which what the bracha is, the Yushalmi doesn't resolve that question. So the Chayodim said you should make a shahakal if it grew in Atshe Nakov. And Rav Schwartz um, thought that that was correct and that's what a person should do. Now, <clears throat> so this is a question what the bracha is. So Rabbi David Apaheimer pointed out like this. The reason why we're making a shahakal, those who make a shahakal on this produce from Atshenokov, essentially they're doing it is because of Suffolk brachas lahakal. We don't know if the bracha should be hadama or shahakal, based on this Yushami. And therefore, we make the simpler bracha rather than the more <clears throat> specific bracha. We make the shahakal instead of hadama. So he says, so what would happen if uh, earlier in that same meal, I made a hadama on a regular vegetable. No, 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 no let's say my tomatoes grew in Atsushen Nakov, but my cucumbers didn't. And I made a hadama on the cucumbers. Well, now I have a question. Did that hadama cover the tomatoes or they didn't cover them? Well, at this point, Safi Brachas Lahakal says, you don't make, a, don't make a new bracha. So in that case, you would not recite Shahakal on this produce because um, it's already been. The Safi Brachas Lahakal at this point says, make no bracha rather than says, make the Shahakal. Um, so that, that's an interesting point, and it means is, <coughs> therefore, it's an interesting point. And according to this, um, it would mean is that if a person eats um, romaine lettuce at the seder, which grew in an atzashen nakov, um, so we'll talk about in a second whether you can or can't do that. But assuming a person is eating that from marrow at the seder, um, then they would eat. Then they would not make a shahaka when they eat that mara. And that's because when they ate karpas way back early in the Seder, they made hadama. Um, they've now made a hadama, which potentially covers this food over here. And eating this food is now, um, eating, it, it's now, Safi Brachas Lohakal tells us not to make a shahaka. That means even if you don't think that the hamaytzi of the matzah covers it, it's covered because 
um, the Hadam of the Karpas covers this, even if you would make a shahak on this. Because again, you're making a shahak only because of the Sahakal, and since um, you, from, from that perspective, you've already been covered. Okay. Now, so our next thing, which is related to what we just spoke about, is whether you can use uh, hydroponically grown produce for, for the Seder, for, to eat for Mara. Uh, and the Chazan, and it goes as follows. The Chazan shows from a Gemara, which is very clear, that wheat that grew in an otter chain in Akov could be used to make matzahs to eat at the Seder. Um, so the question is, wait a second, there's another Gemara, a few plot later, which says that matzah has to be gidule karka. Well, so what does that mean? It's, it, how could, if matzah has to be gidule karka, and growing in an otter chain in Akov is not growing in the ground, then how could it be used, how could you use it for the Seder? So Iglital says, that's a raya, that the, the Gemara, the Bavli, is arguing on this Yushami that we mentioned beforehand. The Bavli holds that even if you grow an Atoshen Nakov, it is considered to have grown on the ground. So it has to be Gedule Karka, that's true, and you could use it for the Seder because the Bavli is saying it is Gedule Karka. So he would be arguing on uh, what Chayotin said beforehand, that, uh, the, uh, that, that he, you know, he would agree that the Yushami is mis- has a question about it, but that the Bavli is confident that it's considered to have grown on the ground. But, so what, are, what will the Chayadim and those other ones, what will they say? They say it's like this, that the, 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 this Gemara is specific. This that it says it has to be Gedule Karka is specific to Matzah and Mara. The reasons for that is beyond our scope for today. Um, but the, 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 but even, so there's a special reason why it has to be Gedule Karka, <clears throat> but that has nothing to do with, with making it, um, that it's still perfectly kosher for, um, for, for the mitzvah, it's, it is it is still the same suffolk whether it grew outside, whether that's considered, you know, whether brachas wise might be the same suffolk, but as far as using it for the mitzvah, you're, you're allowed to. Now, if um, you're allowed to use matzah, like when Atashen Nakav, the, the din of mar, it's, it's related to it, and therefore, um, according the based on this gemara that the Hasanah shows us, um, it is perfectly acceptable to use um, romaine that grew in Atashen Nakav. Um, to use it as for at the seder, even if you even if you think the bracha is shahakal, you'll still be allowed to use it. Okay, one last thing that we're not going to speak about is that um, in our discussions about shemitah, uh, we saw that there are poskim who say that there are those who say that if you planting that goes on in a true atzushen nakav in a greenhouse that's designed properly as atzushen nakav is excused and is not included in the halachas of shemitah, uh, and therefore there are actually farmers who follow that or variations of that in order to. Um, be able to do their production during Shemitah, um, following the din, um, but doing it in a special way.